Hey everybody, Saul Marquez here with the Outcomes Rocket, and I'm super excited to tell you about today's guest. His name is Eli Harris. He may be young, but don't underestimate him. He's driven by an unwavering work ethic and desire to change the world for the better. He's worked for leading high-tech companies around the world and launched two successful startups, all before his 30th birthday. Now, as president and co-founder of R0, he's taken on his most ambitious challenge yet, tackling the transmission of pathogens in the COVID-19 era and beyond. He truly is revolutionizing the 20 billion plus infection prevention industry. And we're going to hone in on that today. And, and so, Eli, tell us a little bit about yourself here. Maybe something that I left out of your intro and welcome. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. Uh, your, your show is very impressive and I'll take on any opportunity I can to tell the story. And I'm grateful to be here. And thanks to all those who are listening. But my, my name is Eli Harris. I, I'm actually I'm from California. I actually spent my last eight years in mainland China. Uh, I started out on the foreign service track. I, I did a couple Fulbrights in Beijing. Then I went down south to DJI, the drone company. And then five years ago, spun out uh, and started my first business manufacturing large lithium-ion battery packs for energy storage, uninterrupted power supplies. I was fortunate and uh, scaled that business, raised several rounds of capital. Uh, we had a lot of ups and downs. In the end, I, I actually was, uh, I had a small exit. I was bought out of that venture after four and a half years running that as CEO. I, I did exit a bit early. Uh, since that exit, that company is now valued over a billion dollars. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't get to share in that in that uh, financial <laughs> material success. But I, I, I take pride in that in that journey as a first time entrepreneur going through those motions through an exit. Fifteen months ago, got launched on R zero, and that is where my my heart and head is now. And I think what's most relevant to you guys, and would love to tell you a little about how that journey uh, came together and what we're doing now. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate it. And certainly looking forward to learning more. So Eli, fantastic work and all this stuff before your 30th birthday, which is amazing, right? I mean, it's just so cool to to hear the stuff that you've done. Talk to us a little bit about R0. What is it that you guys are doing? How are you adding value to the healthcare ecosystem? Yeah. So it, it was almost 16 months ago now when the pandemic first started uh, uh, taking hold, I got in touch with uh, two mentors of mine, both entrepreneurs who I've known for about a decade. And the three of us started talking about how there's certain events throughout history that just create everlasting societal and infrastructural changes. And in a dark way, we kind of likened what was happening with the pandemic to 9-11. How after 9-11, we have the Department of Homeland Security. You have TSA with 14,000 agents. Uh, you still can't take a water bottle or wear shoes through the airport. You go to a ball game, you walk through a metal detector. These are all new standards that were created and adopted post 9-11. And I think some of the psychological scar tissue after that event accelerated the creation and adoption of those standards, but we never regressed. Fundamentally, the world took on a new posture around security in all shared spaces. And our thesis here was that this event of the pandemic was going to broaden that word security to biosecurity to biosafety and in the standards that all organizations are going to need to uphold as they regard uh, human health and, and the safety of their staff, their patrons, and their communities at large. So what we did is we started kind of unpacking the disinfection industry. And we learned quickly that this is a massive industry, hundreds of billions of dollars of market cap governed by these Goliath players, Ecolab, Clorox, SC Johnson, Diversi, all of these companies are extremely old, some over 100 years old, 
And more or less, they're all pushing commodity chemicals. Mm-hmm. And our response to the pandemic was to go around and hose buildings down with chemicals. And that's what we did. And, and this industry has not evolved with the technology that has become, become commonplace in almost every other industry. It's extremely antiquated. And what we're doing with chemicals, I mean, there's, there's a lot of limitations there. One is they're not always that effective. There's a lot of human error in how they're applied. There's a massive labor cost, a massive OPEX and chemical cost, and it's horrible for the environment. So we got in touch with Dr. Richard Wade. And Dr. Wade actually ran Cal OSHA for 15 years. He taught at Harvard, Oxford, UC Irvine. We like to call him the, the, the Michael Jordan of disinfection. Nice. Uh, he's, he's forgotten more about this industry than most of us will ever learn. And, and he, he's quite special. But he led us on a study to really understand what are the best tools that exist in infection prevention today? And why have we not democratized access to those tools? So we started looking at hospitals, thinking that ever since their advent, hospitals are a place where you actually encourage the sick to gather and you have to learn to control the spread of disease. And in a hospital, the highest risk environment is the surgical environment. You have open, exposed bodies, and and oftentimes you're dealing with many pathogens. So Dr. Wade led us on a study to really understand what happens in the surgical theater in operating rooms right now that is the gold standard for infection prevention. We learned that hospitals do three things pretty darn well. They practice good hand hygiene. You see doctors scrub in, scrub out. Second is the use of chemical wipes on high-touch, high-risk surfaces, because when used appropriately, chemicals are effective. And then third, which is the gold standard in all operating rooms today, is the use of these large UVC light towers. And what's really interesting is UVC is extremely old technology. In 1903, the Nobel Prize for Medicine was awarded for the discovery of the germicidal properties of UVC. The 1910s, we started using it in wastewater treatment. The 1920s in HVAC. The 1940s, we actually started using UVC light towers in hospitals. But what's really fascinating is that the market did not take off until 2010. And it's a $5 billion market today selling UVC light towers only into operating rooms. Crazy. Just that $5 small, a year? small market, $5 billion a year. Crazy, man. But what's crazy is that the reason the market took off was Obamacare's Affordable Cares Act. Hmm. So prior to the Affordable Cares Act, Medicare and Medicaid were reimbursing hospitals for hospital-acquired infections. So if you went into a hospital for a small surgery and you left with staff or something else, that was a $40,000 financial liability for the hospital, but it was reimbursed. And when we passed the Affordable Cares Act, we, one, raised taxes, and two, looked to bring spend down in healthcare. And Medicare and Medicaid said, you know what, hospital, this happened on your watch, we're not going to cover it anymore. So for the first time ever in 2010, hospitals finally became financially liable for the incidences of hospital-acquired infections. So because we started using these systems in hospitals in the 40s, at that time, we had almost 70 years of data that showed that hospitals that used UBC light towers had 93% fewer infections than hospitals that didn't. And that data was overwhelming. And with that data point, the market skyrocketed. But what's really unfortunate is selling into healthcare is difficult. There's only a few manufacturers that build these products and they practice what's called value extraction. So they go into the hospital and say, hey, it doesn't matter what it costs us to build this thing. These infections cost you $40,000 each. 
And there's overwhelming body of evidence, now 80 years of data that shows in a hospital of your size with X number of ORs and Y number of procedures per year, this system will prevent Z number of infections. So even at $100,000, it pays for itself. And it's a very logical purchase for the hospital. Right. And it makes sense. Yeah. And it's a, it's a massive market. But because of that price point, because the data doesn't exist elsewhere in that lack of awareness, we've never taken this technology outside of the OR. It's been limited to the operating room because that's the only place where that value extraction argument has been very sound and clear. So we looked at this and my background's in, in battery manufacturing and hardware manufacturing. And my partner comes from Abbott, the, the medical device manufacturing company. And we said, fundamentally, this is a light on wheels with a timer. This is not rocket science. There's no secret sauce, no IP. The ability for UVC light to kill anything, any microorganism, virus, bacteria, mold, fungi, it's purely a function of the amount of light that you emit and how long you run it for. And there's one manufacturer that makes 80% of the bulbs. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So we went out in the past 15 months, we've actually raised more than $60 million. We're back from the same fund as uh, Tesla and SpaceX. Oh, nice. And we, in five months, we re-engineered a product and we brought a piece of hardware to market that unequivocally, fundamentally outputs more light than any product being sold in the world today. And we're pricing it based off the bill of materials, not extracting value from the healthcare system. Damn. So we're, we're democratizing access to this technology that's, awesome. that's been used for 80 years, but has been pigeonholed into the OR. And now we're selling it into hospitals at large, healthcare more largely, urgent care centers, dentists. We're, What's and we're the average told, price difference? I have to ask. Yeah. So we, we have two models. So the systems sold in the hospitals today are range uh, usually around one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. We're selling ours outright for around twenty-five thousand. So quite literally twenty percent of the cost. We've also built a lease model where we're leasing it for seventeen dollars a day. Holy smokes! Yeah. Wow, that's game changing. So, so from from a hardware perspective, I mean, from a price performance point of view, we built something that is better than anything in the world, and we validated that with third-party lab tests, like up the wazoo, like crazy. So. There, there is no question about the efficacy and performance and price of this device. But the truth is, I mean, we built a better mousetrap. There is no rocket science. There is no special IP. We, we built a, a darn good product, but the hardware is hardware. It's mostly off the shelf. And we outcompete everyone. But where we actually are starting to build our IP and what the future of our company is, is we're the first company to embed an LTE chip in the device. So it's actually an IoT connected device. Yeah. And what that means is you can actually... In real time, we can transmit data and you can see who ran it, what room, what time. So for the first time ever, we're actually building an audit trail around disinfection. Fantastic. Because right now, I mean, you send crews in to wipe, to spray, to, to do whatever. They sign their initials on a log. Or if you're really fancy, maybe they scan a QR code, but there's no way of knowing what was actually done. Yeah. And with our system, we can generate real time reports that can be filtered by operator, by room, by building, by week, by month, by day. You can cut that data any way you'd like. You can use it for execution compliance so that you know your staff's doing a good job. You can also use it for marketing. You can show your patients, your customers, your community what you did. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Hell, man, I'm thinking these cruise lines too. At this price, they could buy a bunch of these, man. (laughs) Yeah, Maybe I would take a cruise now. (laughs) Right now, folks are worried about COVID. But what we're doing to prevent COVID 
is effective against any pathogen, right? Any and I mean, for cruises, yeah. it's, it's norovirus. For schools, it's common cold, seasonal flu. For sports teams, it's staff infections. And, and these are very costly. I mean, schools are funded based on daily attendance. So if we can roll in solutions that actually prevent the spread of the common cold, seasonal flu, that's going to result in increased attendance, which means more funding for the school. Yeah. And by the way, attendance is directly correlated to performance. So making safer spaces could fundamentally change the education of American youth. So it's, it's pretty darn cool the impact we can actually have that a biosafety company, a disinfection company can actually change the education system. Man. Hey, Eli, this yeah. is fantastic, man. And, you know, as we look at ways to decrease cost, unnecessary cost, certainly these types of ideas are fantastic. Being able to turn the stones and find these opportunities is difficult. You guys found a really good one where you're able to build a better product, charge 20%. So if you're a hospital leader, if you're a corporate leader looking to keep your people safe, your, your clinicians safe, I mean, and you don't know about R0, damn, there's an opportunity here. So that's number one. And then number two, having the clinical validation that this thing does what it does, what it's supposed to do is fantastic. So, I mean, the outcomes improvement, everything is, is clear. The difference is clear. You've done a really great job of, of kind of walking us through the value prop. Talk to us about setbacks. You know, we, we learn a lot about setbacks, probably better than actual successes. Tell us about one of those with R0 and a key learning that's made you guys even better. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question directly, but I'm just going to talk to you about what's on my mind right now and this inflection point I feel like we're at now. So, I mean, we launched with our flagship product, the Arc, and, and that's the floor standing UVC device. And when we first launched this company, we were selling in a pandemic, right? We were selling this a single product in a pandemic. And it was very, the buying patterns were reactive. They were emotional. It was short sales cycles. It was high velocity, small deals. We sold into 14 different industries. And, and now we're moving into a world that's, I mean, Delta, Lambda variants aside, let's, you know, let's put that at bay for a second. I mean, we're selling largely in a post-pandemic world. And our roadmap, the direction we're going is installed assets. We're looking at sensors fixtures, products that are installed into the built environment. So we're at a huge pivot point in our company where the world dynamics around this pandemic and issue are, are evolving. The types of products we're selling are evolving. It's, it's a very, very different business. Yeah. Uh, and we're now learning to unpack how to thrive, how to be successful in, in this new environment. And this onus has been on us to prove that this is not just a moment in time, flash in the pan, pandemic response. We're now trying to build out the thesis that this was not about COVID. This is not COVID response. There is an opportunity to actually change the disinfection biosafety industry and that there is value in doing that beyond the pandemic. So, so that is the journey we're on now. And, and the truth is, I mean, the, the science is clear. The math is clear. The models are clear. We have an opportunity to statistically lower the risk in any given space. And what that should mean is that should translate lower risk of infection transmission, should translate to fewer sick days. And fewer sick days mean different things for different industries. 
For schools, it's increased attendance and better performance. For the corporate world, it's which is all, I mean, all large companies are self-insured. That's actually lower healthcare-related expenses. For hospitals, that's fewer HAIs. We have modeling that is so clear and rock solid that we can, in fact, reduce risk in these spaces. But no, we've never translated that into the real world and been able to measure that. So the next year, we're really focused on building clinical studies and actually outfitting schools, outfitting hospitals, outfitting senior care homes, outfitting large corporate environments, and actually measuring, do we have an impact on sick days? And how does that translate in value to the business? So our thesis is very clear. Our hypothesis is very clear. And the math makes sense on paper. But now we need to see, does this translate into the real world? Because at the end of the day, people aren't going to buy and make decisions because it's the right thing to do. And I wish they would. I wish that people would say, you know what? We want safer people, healthier people. I'm going to write this check. We need to prove that this solution fundamentally results in value creation. That is the the crossroads we're at now. And we're we're pretty darn excited about it. But a lot is riding on the the clinical studies of our next year. Yeah, well said. Well said, Eli. And you know, the the question that crossed my mind uh, is around this shift to care in the home. You know, there's a huge shift in hospital in the home. Do you guys or, you know, do you have a vision around being able to close a gap there with uh, clinicians coming into people's homes? There's also concern. Is there going to be smaller ones of these that people could put on the side of their bed, et cetera? Yeah. So again, I'm probably going to partly answer your question, but so- No, I mean, we're having a discussion. It's good. I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. So, I mean, really there's, if you think about where risk is in the world, we've proven that it's not really in outdoor environments. It's in in an office space. It's not actually at your cubicle. It's not actually at your home. Where people are getting sick are indoor environments, uh, confined, smaller, high throughput spaces. And those are places like bathrooms, places people eat, meeting rooms, break rooms. That's where the highest risk is Mm. in society. It's not actually at your cubicle. It's not actually in your home. It's in those shared spaces that are high traffic high throughput. So so that's what we're focused on. Yeah, uh, could could we build solutions for the home for cars? Yes. And, and maybe someday we will. But if we're trying to address the most serious problems first, it's actually in shared public corporate spaces. And what we're doing is, if you think about infection prevention today and cleaning disinfection today, it's all done based on time, which honestly can be very, very arbitrary. It's not done based on risk. So the future where we're actually going is we're outfitting buildings with sensors uh, that can do two things. One, actually look at utilization of spaces. Where did people go throughout the day? What is the density of people in a room? And then secondly, sensors that can actually measure things. What's in the air? What particulate matter is there? How much CO2 is there? What VOCs are in the air? So with that sensor data in real time, we can actually automate janitorial workflows. So if nobody used that conference room, then don't send your crew there tonight. Yeah, if 10 people well. use that bathroom, it doesn't matter if it's been two hours or two days, send somebody in there. Right. So we have this opportunity right now to actually get smarter about when and where we clean. It, it shouldn't be time-based. It should be based on risk and utilization. So, so th- th- that is the future is these installed sensors that can automate activity based on risk, not time. Yeah, well said. Well said. Appreciate that. And yeah, I get, 
it's the high throughput, high risk areas that you're most concerned with. And that's where you're going to be tackling the issues. What are you most excited about today, Eli? We are now building our body of evidence to prove that this works. So last week, we actually signed our largest deal in company history. It's with one of the top five largest school districts in the country. It's Clark County in Las Vegas, Nevada. So it's, they, they have 375 schools. They work with almost 400,000 students. That's bigger than most cities. And we're actually outfitting a, an experiment group of schools against a control group of schools where they're using chemicals. And this oh, is our first awesome. opportunity. And, and Dr. Feigl Ding from the, the Harvard Chan School of Public Health, he's actually administering the study. So we're providing the product. Clark County is providing the schools. And we're actually going to do a year-long study where we look at, do these solutions actually result in increased attendance and better student performance on standardized tests? So this is our first true test of what the science says. And does this translate? And the opportunity to do this, one of the top five school districts in the country, protecting 400,000 students and working with the Harvard Chan School of Public Health. This study could fundamentally change the responsibility of all facilities managers for every education institution in the country. So it's uh, this is pretty darn exciting. It is undoubtedly the most exciting project I've worked on in my short professional life. Yeah, that's awesome. It definitely is exciting. Thank you for sharing that. A huge opportunity, number one, for the business to have won this deal. But secondly, the ripple effect of what this could mean for public health as, as we know it. Awesome, Eli. Thank you. This has been a fantastic opportunity to get to know you, to get to know R0. Folks, it's R0.com. That's R-Z-E-R-O.com. So make sure you check them out over there. Eli, give us one closing thought here. And then besides the website, where could the folks uh, reach out to you if they uh, want to learn more? Yeah, feel free to connect with me directly on LinkedIn. Eli Harris, R0. I think it should be pretty easy to find me, but I uh, just want to thank you guys for listening. I mean, we're, we're working so hard and uh, we're, we're really trying to do good. We're, we're a double bottom line company. That first bottom line is we have to be profitable enough to survive. That second bottom line, we signed a pledge for social impact. And what that means is we actually manufacture here in the US. All of our service is US-based. All of our offices are in low income zones. We try to hire very diversely. Uh, our whole mission is to democratize access to these technologies that have been limited to a certain subset of the population. So we, we really are trying to do good and we're working really hard and would be thrilled if you have any ideas, feel free to reach out. And thank you for the support of even just listening to the, to the story. Eli, thank you. Really appreciate what you guys are up to. Everybody, take them up on it. You're gonna save a ton of money, first of all, if you do. But more importantly, making the type of impact that will make a difference for all of our health and safety. Eli, appreciate you jumping on, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm sure we'll speak soon.